I'm Charlie Mount. And I'm Jeff Rack. We are the co-artistic directors of Arcane Theater Works, based here in Los Angeles, California. And this is our new podcast where we discuss the weird and fantastical worlds of sci-fi, horror, mystery, and fantasy. Welcome to... Invasion of the Pod People. In print, on stage, and on screen, there have been countless interpretations of that modern Prometheus, that original mad scientist, that alchemist in galvanism and lightning, Frankenstein. In this multi-episode series, we dissect, discuss, compare, and contrast some of the best and least known versions of Mary Shelley's immortal story. Joining us in our discussion is our special guest, monster artist Phil Joyce. The show is being recorded outdoors at the historic Zorthian Ranch in Altadena, California. The Many Faces of Frankenstein, Episode 2, Silent Terror. The first movie incarnation of Frankenstein was very strange. It was shot over three days in 1910 in a studio in the Bronx, New York, by the Thomas Edison Film Company. Only 13 minutes long, the story is told in several short vignettes, filmed with a static camera in front of painted flats. Despite the crudity of the production design and the technical limitations of the time, the film contains several striking and inventive scenes. Because of these scenes, and with the rise of reform groups attacking the new medium of film as immoral, and worried about box office receipts, Edison released the film with a disclaimer. In making the film, the Edison Company has carefully tried to eliminate all actual repulsive situations and to concentrate its endeavors upon the mystic and psychological problems that are to be found in this weird tale. Wherever, therefore, the film differs from the original story, it is purely with the idea of eliminating what would be repulsive to a moving picture audience. Well, despite this warning, the film contains perhaps the weirdest and most horrifying monster creation sequence of any Frankenstein film. Instead of stitching together dismembered corpses, the young doctor is shown pouring chemicals into a large vat, sealed in a cabinet. Peering through a small door, we see a hideous monster formed out of thin air and fire. Inventively created by taking a dummy monster, burning it, and then playing the film backwards. Later in the final act, after the monster has attempted to seek vengeance upon his creator, the film shows the creature mysteriously vanish before his own reflection, only to have that reflection remain when Frankenstein himself looks into the glass. Who, the film asks, is the real monster? So I did watch it. You've seen it? Yeah, yeah. and um, I hadn't seen it. I, I saw it a long time ago, but I watched it It's on it YouTube, yeah. You can see it on YouTube. Yeah, and um, it's interesting. I mean, it's actually, you know... It's an interesting take on it for, you know, short as it is. I mean, it has some of the, ba- the basic stuff is in there. But it's almost like he's an alchemist, right? I mean, it's more of an alchemical yeah. uh, thing rather than a stitching together of bodies and that right. kind of thing. It's more, it reminded me of um, Der Golem. Yes. You know, with the Jewish man made of clay, that you know, like a homunculus kind of idea to it, you know, where you breathe life into it or you, you know, you use other means 
to create life, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rather than the stitching together of the body. That's almost witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. It is very much like yeah. that. Um, but have you seen it, Phil? No, I never saw it. I mean, those pictures, I mean, that's the first thing I saw with those images, you know, and famous monsters yeah, of, of it, the, you know, and he has that. You've seen the picture, Phil, of, seen of the, the actual monster. Yeah. still of it, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. scary looking. He, he yes, looks like, he looks like you know, uh, you know, your Aunt Agatha after she stuck her <laughs> finger in the light socket. Yeah, it with, does. with just, the, that, that uh, cotton candy uh, mm, thing, hair kind of, yeah, whatever that, that is hair. going off yeah, it's of like them. a scarecrow monster. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Really, it's hideous looking, it's hideous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for what they had to work with and, and whatnot, it's it's an interesting take on it, that's for sure. You, know? yeah, you could tell it was hmm. shot in uh, a very tight enclosed space, much like, um, uh, oh, what was it, the French filmmaker? What was his name? Melier. Melier. Yeah, yeah right. a, lot, a, lot, a lot like his studio, or even the Black Mariah. It wasn't shot in the Black Mariah in Menlo Park. It was shot in, in the Bronx, but shot in a very tight enclosed space. Yeah. Where you've got a static camera, mm -hmm. and you, for every scene you have to break down what's in front of the camera and put up something, and it just used flats. Right. It looks like community theater. Yeah, it is very theatrical. Like they painted is... a bookcase and they painted the books yeah. into the bookcase kind of thing. That's weird. Which is also you know, goes back to the German expressionism, you know, and, and you know, like Caligari, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and and, every, that, and yeah. all of that was you know, everything was painted, you know, yeah. all the sets were painted. In fact, for that, just a little side note is that. Um, uh, Every setup in Caligari, every angle, is a completely new set. They, mm. they changed, they, oh, it really? was one set, one shot. You know, they'd go back to maybe, you know, the same setup, but it was still that same angle. Yeah. So they would change everything. So it was very much of that time to, to, to make mm -hmm. films what was that in film? a contained what was that space. Film Caligari. Uh, yeah, that was like 1921. So it was about 11 years later because yeah. that film had a... Uh, more depth of, of you know there was a larger definitely depth yeah. to it so they probably right. had better cameras and yeah and they probably they probably built it on a large sound stage but it was right. all inside I mean right. everything was shot inside maybe the Edison thing was more of an ex exhibition of the technology available at that time more than the production design or well I think I know. think some of the earlier Edison things were they were simply yeah. you know Images of you know, what, the Edison films of, of people kissing and boxers, right? You know, and, but then you got into storytelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that, wow, yeah, the, the wind is really thing. kicking up here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, don't you love our sound effects, everybody? You know, this is great. We're gonna have a creation happening here, here. <laughs> yeah. any moment. Those are not leaves. Those are a hundred people back there with tinfoil, crackling. Spirit of Mary Shelley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so as long as we're talking, as long as we're talking about the the technical aspects of mm -hmm. it. What I what I found interesting about the film, and of course they did this a lot in, in uh, silent movies, was the tinting. Oh yeah. right, oh, right. Like, um, all of the scenes that featured the creature, the monster, were tinted red, particularly the creation sequence, right? Right. Uh, all of the sequences that were shot at night supposedly were were tinted blue because you couldn't shoot at night. Mm -hmm. right. And I don't know that they shot this in. In a sound, they, I think they did shoot this in a soundstage of some kind. Yeah, definitely. But a lot of a lot of film back then was done in open air, but I think this was a soundstage. Yeah, stage. this was all soundstage, I think. Uh, sure. But they would, um, <coughs> they just tinted it to say it was nighttime, blue, and then yellow for all the regular scenes, just the scenes of um, Frankenstein uh, going off to college or yeah, just or, jaundice Frankenstein. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going off to college. Jaundice John D. Frankenstein. <laughs> he was jaunty John Jaundice. and jaundice. <laughs> yeah. Um so it was interesting, uh, his little disclaimer mm -hmm. that he put into the film. You know, he, he, he went out of his way to say, 
you know, all the gory stuff we took out because <laughs> that doesn't matter, you know, because they really were getting hit, you know, by, yeah. you know, reform groups. But and they really groups, didn't. Yeah. I mean, they, they still had, they still had, you know, that, you know, you know, basically the pagan magic. I mean, yes. Uh, oh, that, that creation on. sequence is, you know, strange, very strange, yeah. very, very creepy. I'm and, sure it was uh, very effective uh, back then. I mean, that's yeah. the thing about, uh, you know, any of these films. Oh, man. Is that that whole idea of, you know, uh, kind of looking through the filter of the time that they yeah. were made? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you know, like yeah. some people look back at Frankenstein, which we'll get into the the Boris Karloff version, and you know, it's like, well, he's not scary, you know, whatever. But you know, you have to you have to look through the filter of the time. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And the, um, um, and that and and especially with Edison, I mean, that's that's going way back, and and uh, you know. I mean, he's but he's kind of creepy still. I mean, even though you know, oh, it was, it was yeah, very creepy. I mean, if you opened the door and you saw that guy in your porch, you know, you, <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you know, you well, you know, freak to, out. To be it. fair, <laughs> what is it they say about clowns? Oh, clowns, right. clowns are you know yeah. very funny, except you know not at midnight coming out of your closet. Right. <laughs> not, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> the Robert so. Block thing, the clown at midnight, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. A little, yeah, a little more um, terrifying. So the, uh, the, the attention being paid to the moral, because it was a very well-known story, and there were, you know, there were murders in the book, and you know, there's, some, there's some terrible stuff that happens in the book. So yeah. you know, to, to stop church groups and reform right, groups. Right, the whole religious from, thing, which sure. continued through sure. many interpretations of it, you know, the religious uprising against you know, right we'll get into more of that and edison of course was more you know all about his bottom line you know gotta, <laughs> right. gotta save my ticket sales here yeah mm-hmm. gotta sell more uh right. you know so we say so he had to let and... let you know we're taking all that out <laughs> but and i think that it also it, it also played into the, the how he changed the ending of the film and i don't actually i don't know if edison wrote the film i don't think he did i don't think i don't think a screenwriter is credited i'm yeah. not sure i have to go back and look i don't think it was edison though yeah but he certainly you know oversaw yeah. And uh, the film ends uh, with um, not with the destruction of the monster or even the destruction of Frankenstein, but almost a sort of redemption, which is a theme in Mary Shelley's book too. You know, mm-hmm. can you be redeemed? Right. Can can you find re- Frankenstein in in the book is looking for redemption for he he understands that he hurt the monster. Right. And so he does look for redemption. He agrees, and you brought this up earlier. He does agree to bring to build a mate. At first, yeah. he agrees. He doesn't do it eventually because he feels. I did something wrong. So that idea of redemption, redemption, redemption is a constant theme through the Frankenstein stories. Mm-hmm. So in the Edison film at the end, the monster, after trying to take vengeance upon upon uh, Edison, looks at himself in a mirror, a large mirror, and the monster vanishes. But the reflection in the mirror does not. Frankenstein walks in after he's just saved his bride mm-hmm. and realizes how much he loves her. And he looks into the mirror and sees the reflection of the monster. Is he the monster? But then the reflection oh. vanishes, and it's just Frankenstein. And his fiancée comes in, and he hugs her. So what, is it, what, are, what are they saying with this film? Are they saying that Frankenstein was basically a monster until he realized how much he loved the girl? <laughs> huh. Well, you know, what else? It Which is true up. of every, every man. Until he, you know, that's gets right. married, Woman I guess. That's, is that what he's saying? I think that's what he's saying. Um, hmm. But that brings up another good point, the whole doppelganger thing. That whole idea that there's, you see it throughout of the idea of uh, the monster and Dr. Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein, 
being mirror images of each other. Or parent-child, you know. You know. But yeah. I mean, there's the mirroring thing. You know, there's like the, the Jekyll Hyde uh, comes up, you know, that's a different uh -huh. storyline, but there's that mirroring thing. In, um, and we'll get, uh, well, I'm not gonna, I don't really talk about this in the films, but there's a scene in, uh, in Frankenstein, in the first one, at the end, in the mill, and, and he carries, uh, the monster carries Victor Frankenstein up into the mill, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And then, then, and he's unconscious, but doctor wakes up, you know, and then they're, you know, they're he's running after him, and they're going around that, that uh, mill post, right. you know? And they're looking through it at each other. Oh, it's almost yeah, yeah. like a frame, you know. It, you know, it's almost like yeah. a zoetrope. You know what I mean? But it's like this reflection of each other. You know, that's and, interesting. And, and so there's, and I, I've seen that in other things where there's this idea of. of and isn't being, that a tragedy too? Because the two of them could have learned from each other. You know, the the the, the yeah. creator and the creation. They really could have elevated each other because in in a way they both were, you know, broken people. Right, yeah. but they could have helped each other. But at no point do they understand yeah. that. Well, maybe the yeah. monster wasn't aware of, of that even. You know, he, he's so, so simple, and uh, well, he has he know. hasn't been taught that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he maybe he doesn't understand certain human uh, traits that you know Victor Victor would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he understands maybe. them intellectually because right. he's read about them. Yeah, you know, in the book. In the book, the book, right. right. In the Karloff, you know, Karloff's a different ad of, uh, interpretation. Yes. Yeah, of completely. Childlike and yeah, you know, un right. unintellectual. But the 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 uh, twinning thing, you know, it comes came back in that um, theatrical version with uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Johnny Lee Miller, where yeah. they where they switched off yes. playing <laughs> one true. and the other. That's very you know true. What I mean? So I mean, so it's, it is. It and is they kind did of that in the thread. marketing too. You know, they would show half a face of right. the Doctor and half a face of the monster, and yeah, that <laughs> right. idea of uh, the mirror image. You're right. But yeah. there is that there is that thing that runs through it, which uh, I found interesting that I hadn't really been heard talk about as much. You know, yeah. that, that mirroring thing. You know, so. So well, for a short little 13 minute film that. Yeah. Basically threw the book away. Right. <laughs> Told their own. It was. It's very effective, but still at its core, uh, is still using some of the themes and ideas of Mary Shelley's uh, yeah. creation. Yeah. In its own way. Is it considered the first real monster movie? Or that's or a good that? question. I don't think so. Because um, I know there was a Jekyll and Hyde with uh, uh, Barry, John Barrymore. I think that came after. That was after. Though, 1910 right? is pretty that's, early. Yeah, yeah I mean, early. I think it's. I think it might be the first. The Barrymore thing was probably 1918 or 20. I don't know. He was. He was young in it. And, you know, it's an interesting question because I think um, Metropolis is considered the first science fiction film. I might be wrong about that because uh, the, the Frankenstein Edison yeah. film isn't very science fiction-y. It's more mystical. Right. Okay. It's more right. psychological. At the end of the story, you're not quite sure if yeah. the monster was ever really there, although there is a scene with the monster and, and the, the fiancé. So physically, there was something there. But oh. is it a manifestation of, yeah. of Frankenstein's id? You know, I'm getting mm -hmm. a little Freud here, but, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's very Faustian rather than science fiction-y. You know what I mean? I mean, it goes back. Actually, it's uh, Melee's, the, the Luna. It's the trip to the moon. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's the first you're one. You're right. That's the first one, really, I think. That's yeah, well, because he's pulling, he's pulling directly from, um, from Verne from there. Verne, yeah. Jules yeah. Verne, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You're right. Um, I wonder, you know, the, sh the shortness of, of this film, right? It's only like 13 minutes. It's the, you know, that idea of, of um, 
you know, the Reader's Digest version right. of, <laughs> of Frankenstein. Right. And, and it was kind of like that. Remember yeah. the old classics uh, illustrated comic books? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Those, were, those. those were yeah. very much like that, too. Yeah, they, those were great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, have a couple. You know, they, Do you? a couple of those. Yeah. They had to uh, they had to really, you know, truncate the storyline right. down to a few pages, yeah. you know, and make it work, you know. But, um, you I, know, I think I have the hunchback of Notre Dame and that. Version. Classic uh, comics, yeah. Classic yeah. comics. Yeah. They're, they're they're really well done. I mean, the covers were always the best thing yeah. about those, you know. But uh, as far as the not just those, goes. but do you remember there was something called the little big books or the big little oh, books? big little books? Yeah, big little yeah. books. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I love those. those too. Yeah. yeah, I remember the first time I read Tarzan was a big little book. Oh, is that right? Before, you know, yeah. before I read the Edgar Rice Burroughs. Uh, yeah, they know, had original. John Carter in those too. John mm-hmm. Carter of yeah. Mars. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. those are cool. Cool. All right. Should we move on to our next little interpretation after, of Frankenstein? After the Thomas Edison version, what would what would be next? <laughs> well, we shall see. In our next episode, Frankenstein comes to Hollywood as we discuss the Universal Years. This has been a production of Arcane Theater Works. You can find us online at arcanetheaterworks.com. Don't forget to check out our other podcast, Theater of the Mind, Dramatizations of Fantastical Stories. If you enjoy our podcasts and would like to hear more, please support us on Patreon. Special thanks to Alan Zorthian and the Zorthian Ranch. And also to our guest, Phil Joyce. If you'd like to see Phil's artwork, you can find him on Instagram at philjoyceart. I'm Charlie Mount. I'm Jeff Rack. And this has been Invasion of the Pod People.